0: David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day, they'd had enough. Now, they are independent workers, learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are free agents. Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. I'm Jason Snell. I'm joined again by my fellow host, Mr. David Sparks. Hi, David. Hi, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing well. This, you know, this is our first real episode that we've done, regular non-interview episode we've done since we recorded those first two shows before we even knew what the show was going to be called. And now we know it's called Free Agents.
1: Yes. And we know that people like it because we've been hearing from you. And thank you. We appreciate that.
0: Thank you very much. It's been very nice to hear from people in, I was just telling somebody about this at the at the relay meetup that we had in Memphis I've been amazed at how many people I've heard from who are not the people I expected to hear from, Um, especially the one that really struck me was like graduate students, like PhD students and things like that, who are essentially independent workers in the sense that they're basically left to their own devices to plan their time and do their work to progress. And um, I had never even thought of that as a context. But I guess it goes to show you that even though we're sort of like focused on things we've learned in doing this ourselves, it it, it seems to be applicable to a much broader range of people, uh, which is great. That's exciting.
1: And we knew there'd be people listening that are thinking about making the jump. Sure. But there's a lot more of those than I thought there'd be. So, that's
0: good too. And, and if we're keeping it real and we're, we're telling them what the issues are, I think that's that's good. What what I think neither of us want to do is have this be something where we take it lightly and say sort of like, yeah, everybody should go out there and become an independent person. It's sort of like you need to understand what the issues are and then you'll have a better idea. It's like um, when I, every time I visit Hawaii, there's a book that's in all the bookstores in Hawaii that is basically what you need to know before you quit your job and move to Hawaii. And it's most of the book is trying to talk people out of it. Like, no, 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 you really do you know how expensive it is? Do you know how expensive groceries are? All of these things about it. And I feel like that's part of our role here is to be realistic and not, you know, I don't want to try to scare people away from being an independent worker. I also don't want to sort of like make it too varnished a uh, story about how great it is because, you know, there are lots of issues that you have to struggle with. It's it's complicated. It's not a, it's not a panacea.
1: It is not. Speaking of Hawaii, somebody did a ukulele cover <laughs> of our theme song, which I really liked.
0: Yeah, that was great. Chris Breen, of course, um, we didn't mention on the previous shows because I don't think the theme song existed when we recorded those. But Chris Breen, my old colleague at Macworld, who now works at Apple, um, but he has a just amazingly growing side business of providing theme songs for podcasts. and, And so... Uh, Chris did the theme song. We got a a listener did a little cover version on the ukulele, which was great. And also thanks to Matt Alexander, who is our narrator of the opening um, in his best British secret agent narrator voice. Thanks to Chris and Matt. Yes. I I do
1: think we've got the best theme song and intro of any show on Relay.
0: It's pretty good. I got to say,
1: it's pretty good. And now we've just got to deliver the rest.
0: (laughs) One more thing before we go uh, on to the topic. We are getting feedback from everybody. Keep sending it in. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the topic suggestions. We're getting those in an email. And uh, I always see David writes back and says, I put it on the list. <laughs> you know, it's good, like immediately there's a response there. We're not going to do episode by episode feedback. Uh, that's not how we want to structure this. But we will do occasional feedback shows, I think, is the plan right now. So we'll do one down the road. So if you've got feedback, um, stories you want to tell, uh, questions you want to ask us that are specific, send them in. And we'll, um, at some point, we don't know when, we will, uh, we will do a, a feedback episode. So what do you think? What what uh, what should we talk about? Location, location, location. Location, <laughs> location. I think that's good. I think that we that's got hard. right? You go to the office. You're in a you're grown up. You're an adult. You get a job. You go to the you go to the job. You work at the job and then you leave. That was how it was sold. But when you're an independent worker, it doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah, you've got your options
1: open to you. Uh, you know, where do you indie is a good question. <laughs> and it really depends on I think a lot about where what type of work you do and and um types of clients you work with. But generally, we got it down to three, you know, general categories. The first is the traditional, you know, office building kind of thing. Uh, The second would be like the co-working spaces, which are becoming increasingly a a big deal, especially Mm -hmm. for indie workers. And then the other ones are like making a space at home and just staying home. And all of those have good things and bad things about them. So we thought we'd kind of go through each one and weigh the – the advantages and disadvantages as we go through.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea.
1: I I think the fact that these options exist for working are one of the reasons why people can go out on their own. Because, uh, you know, 10 years ago even, it was really difficult. Like just uh, shoes of a lawyer. You know, I'd have to go out and get space, get a secretary, Mm -hmm. all that other stuff. With the modern world, that's not so necessary anymore. And people can work from home, and that makes it you know economically more feasible to go out on your own.
0: Yeah, you're not you make phone calls but you don't have like an office with a phone where everybody phones you and faxes you and things like that i mean so much happens digitally now so much happens on the internet that the existence of a of a space unless you're in like a detective novel and you've got to have your you know she knocked on my office door (laughs) you know other than that you don't actually need necessarily uh to have that and the, uh, the whole concept of something like a co-working space didn't really exist before i suppose other than maybe those pods at the airport where like if you had a long layover they'd be like we can give you an office here at the airport. I don't know if you ever uh, saw those, but now, you know, there are people who need a place to work and um, are not in a traditional situation. And so, um, so now, now we have the options to do something that isn't just, I have an office, I put out a shingle, you know, knock on the door. I I
1: almost like, now that you've mentioned that, I I feel like I need a door with some like frosted glass Mm -hmm. and some words on it. I feel like I'm a failure until I've done that.
0: All right, well, I'll get I'll send you a little toy door for uh, okay. for Christmas. Okay. Well, let's talk about the the
1: big boy one first, the uh the office building, you know, that the traditional solution. And and I think that makes sense for some people still and it it just really depends on what type of work you do, but kind of in my in the world of my day job where everybody's very professional, a lot of people still need an office with you know in a big location with an elevator and parking and all that other stuff that comes with it. As an example, I have a friend who's getting ready to start an estate planning uh legal practice. And that person needs needs an office, you know. People have to come to meet you there. It just has to be that done.
0: I think this is something we may have mentioned in the previous uh, in our, our previous episode, but it, it has to do with what your business is, um, and also like uh, I think having a routine maybe even factors into some of the judgment here. Like if you if you're a creature of routine, that even if you're out on your own, you may decide what you need is an office that you drive to. And I I know people who've done this too, and they're not necessarily meeting with clients or anything like that, even, but they want a place that they can go. So they get up in the morning, they get ready for work, they go to a place, they work there, and then they come home. And so even though they're now working for themselves, they're still in that 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 is a way for them to have a routine. And that makes a lot of sense. And also, if you've got if, if you don't have space in your house, uh, if you if you need a place to store things, that can be an issue too. Um, Stephen Hackett, one of the co founders of Relay FM, I was when I was in Memphis a few weeks ago, um, I went to his office and he, he um, is basically subleasing in a, in a building, but his office has all those IMAX that he collected and photographed, you know, and this, that's an yeah. example of like, uh, it's not inventory that he's selling or anything like that, but he's got a, he's got a place where he shoots photos and videos and he has a uh, big bulky items that he's storing. And that's another reason why having the, you know, the real, the real office would be valuable is, is that it, it gives you, you choose what it is and then it's your space to use, uh, for stuff like that 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 you're not going to be sewing at the co-working facility or hiding um, in your back closet
1: yeah my wife a few years ago when she was the first one to kind of go out on her own and she set up a, a home-based paper crafting supply company you know people she had an internet website people buy stuff and then she'd ship boxes all over the world and it was great she made a little money on it but it wasn't really worth the investment we put in it and one of our biggest mistakes was doing it at the house we didn't go outside to get space for it because um, the, the thing shut down years ago, and it's still signs of this all over my house. <laughs> you know? I mean, you've been to my house. There's uh-huh. there's like one room that's like a shipping room still. You know, we we're slowly kind of getting rid of that. So I think if you're carrying inventory, that's a good reason to think about going somewhere. And there's a lot of options for you these days. You don't have to go take down a lease on your name. In fact, I would recommend against it when you're first getting started with this stuff because you never know how it's all going to work out. And it's really easy to sign up for a you know five year lease or something, and then suddenly realize you don't like this and you want to go get a job somewhere. So avoid that. And if, you know, one way to do that is to uh, just sublease from somebody else, you yeah. know, somebody that already has the fancy office, and just take some space from them. And quite often those deals can be done on a month to month or maybe six month you know basis, so you're not sticking your neck out real far. I think that's a good way.
0: There are a lot of businesses that they have to get, they have to lease a space, and there's uh, there's an office or there's some desks that they're just not using. They're, it's it's uh, they could use the money, they can't use the space, and uh, it gives you. I mean, it, it depends on the fit, and and do you know these people, and and is it a good working environment? And they're all good questions to ask. But like a friend of mine subleased an office and it was an actual physical office with a door and everything in a law firm that was like ten minutes away from his office, and it gave him a commute. Or from his home, it gave him a commute, um, and he could use the break room and talk to people. And it was a friend of his, I think, was somebody who worked at the, at the law firm, and that's why he knew of this opportunity. But it worked great for him because he he wanted that structure, and it, it was a relatively affordable thing because he was just paying for a single office as a sublease month to month. And uh, you know, the risk there is that the law firm expands and says we really need this but i think a lot of times they know like yeah we got extra space we're not going to need it for a while if ever you you know this will be good you you'll uh, pay us uh you get the space it just works out that way and like i mentioned before Stephen hackett a very similar situation where i believe his his uh brother's organization is subleasing and he's sort of sub -sub (laughs) subleasing but regardless that you know their building that they're in is being is is an entire operation has that building and they don't need all that space either and so one of the rooms in the back is now the workspace that Steven uses and it it, it just it makes sense for everybody because you know you you find a building that you like and it's a little bit too big but you take it because it it fits your needs more uh, more than anything else and uh, then you've got some extra money coming in by subleasing out a little bit of it. it happens all the time my old company used to do that all the time we had half a floor that we subleased for a while because we didn't need the space and and, you know, we were able to find a, a tenant and it was great because that, that that was just money bleeding away when we were letting that space stay open.
1: And as an indie, you can really turn that into a marketing opportunity too. Like if you're, I was just telling a lawyer friend that wants to get, get into a, a real office and he's a business attorney. I said, you should really get space from a, a CPA firm. Don't go to a law firm and get space. Go to hmm. a, an accounting firm because accountants need lawyers and you'd be the only one in the office
0: <laughs> um, if
1: you're if you're a design guy get space where there's a bunch of app developers who are going to need design services you know find a way to to not only use it to get yourself space, but also get yourself clients. So
0: I, l- I love that idea of like, th- then you're at the break room with, with the CPAs and they're like, Hey, you know, Molly, the lawyer that's down the hall, we should ask her. She's a lawyer. Yeah, It's like, yes, come to me.
1: Yes, it <laughs> works. And the other option you have now for the, you know, legitimate business is the,
0: uh <laughs> it's not, it's not the mob is what you're saying. It's a yeah, legitimate it's, business.
1: It's, exactly. Uh, maybe olive oil. I don't know, but the, uh, <laughs> a, a virtual office, which is what I do. Um, it's a big, fancy office in a big, fancy building. Uh, if you look at it on the internet, it looks very impressive. But I don't actually have an office there. They get my mail, and they have a conference room there that I can use. Now, they have offices I could rent if I decided I wanted mm. to, but I quickly realized that I'm actually capable of working from home for most of the work I do, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to go into the office for a bunch of reasons.
0: So you're paying monthly, for the mail and for the access to reserve the conference room, and then also the option of spending, like, I guess, hourly for yeah. an office?
1: Yeah, they have, I can get, like, a day office if I want, mm-hmm. or I could take down, I could pay extra and just have an office reserved for me every day. Um, and, and that's a nice way to get started because it's very low cost to get in it, and if you want to expand there, it's a good way to go. You know, do that for a year And then see where you're at. Maybe you want to go into a more legitimate, you know, full on office at at that point but it's a good way to get started. And, and let's talk just for a minute about the advantages and disadvantages of these, you know, traditional office building. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've kind of covered already. It, it's got a certain air of legitimacy to it, depending on what kind of business you're in. <laughs>
0: if you're trying to explain your virtual online internet business to somebody. And they're like, I don't understand. You're like, look, I, I, it's this building. I work there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, for most of the world, I just have this location. You yeah, know, that's, they think it's my office and I don't really go at length to explain. Um, uh, I think it's good for collaboration. You know, Like we were talking about the attorneys with the accountants, the designers with the developers. You get in an environment with other people that are in your industry that always gives you someone to bounce ideas off. And when I went out on my own, some lawyer friends told me that, that I'd never be able to work from home for that one reason that I wouldn't have people to speak with. But I've built up my own personal network that I can get on the phone with anybody I want to talk to. But if you don't have that network, it's a good way to get one for free Well or at least the monthly rent.
0: Uh, something I mentioned earlier that definitely falls under the advantages list is, um, is what we were talking about, about having a, uh, uh, a routine. That yeah. this is this is clear boundaries for you, right? I mean, this is as clear as it gets. It's as clear as a nine to five job uh, in a in a big corporation. You go to the office and then you're at work, and then you leave and you come home. And it doesn't mean that you can't uh, I don't know check your email from the office, your personal email. And it do- definitely doesn't mean that you you might not bring work home with you. But it gives you some very clear lines of demarcation, and that for a lot of people that could be uh, that that could be very helpful like I said my my friend Rick who had the had the office in the law firm for him it it felt right to have a place he could commute to and that that made it like and it's not just being in one place or the other sometimes it's it's um something that i miss actually from my my commuting time i don't miss riding a bus for an hour each way but what i did get out of that was a shift in mindset where like when i was at home i was at home and then i sat on the bus and it was almost like i was gearing up for the day and when i was done at the end of the day and i rode the bus home i was gearing down and and like leaving that mindset behind. Behind. And uh having an outside place that you go to and then leave can do that. It can really put you in a different mindset, just the act of arriving and departing.
1: Yeah and but there's there's a disadvantages too. I think the biggest one's expense, especially when you're getting started you know try not to spend any money you don't have to and right uh, but but like you know, we said, there are some options here that are not super expensive, so if you really feel you need to do it, then you need to do it
0: yeah, I mean there are places where I, where I think you might have to pay a membership fee, you might even not i mean there are there are some places where you literally I think maybe the membership fee gives you a discount, but you can also just go and say, I would like to have this office for this week or this day and that they will rent you the space, that that's what they're there for. It's a sort of a version of what you're doing. Like You you, you can do that with little or no commitment, which is good because you don't know whether you even want that space or if the space is too small or too loud or or it's too big or it's too far away. You have no idea going in. So find a place where you can try this out, I think is great advice. Try it out without making a long-term commitment.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I think a disadvantage of it, and one of the things I immediately noticed when I started working for myself was all the time I saved. Oh yeah, because at the old place I had, I would get in early because that's when there was nobody else there to bother me. So I'd be, you know, waking up at the crack of dawn. Then you got to, you know, do the whole thing, get the suit on, drive around a half hour, and all. know, it, it takes you an hour and a half. To get to a point where you can start working.
0: Get your cup of coffee, say hi to everybody. Yeah, it's just crazy. I was thinking about that actually just this morning when I um, I, I slept in a little bit because I worked all weekend, which is another show. I, I slept in and I read in bed for a while and had some tea and had some breakfast and all of that. And then at one point I was like, well, okay. I've, I've lollygagged long enough. It's time to get to work. And I got up and came out here and pressed the on switch on my, uh, on my computer. And you know what time it was? It was 9am. So all my lo- lollygagging, I still was at my desk at 9am. And, and yeah. that's that, you know, to do that in the old job, that was a set the alarm for 645, eat your breakfast, take a shower, get out to the street, to the bus stop, right? the whole thing. Right. And instead, um, I just, you know, flipped the switch and walked into the office. And that's the great advantage of not having a commute. I don't think it's
1: a, it's an unfair estimate to say that if you're commuting, you're spending two hours a day dealing with that. Getting there, getting back, getting ready—all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it can it can vary. Like, um, I've known people who've done uh, it's a ten-minute walk away, and they they get a little walk and a little brain time, and they maybe they're sort of thinking about work stuff too, but they're taking a stroll and they can feel more active. I can see that. It depends on what the commute is, because it can also be, you know, it can even if it's short, it's still you know, it, it's still going through all those steps, and it and it it takes time. Even if it's even if you're throwing away a half an hour or an hour, uh, and even if you try to be very productive in that half hour or an hour, you are losing that time that you might have if you were just working where you live.
1: Yeah, I've got a Southern California bias, so I'm thinking at least two. That's true. (laughs) But but then you start doing the math on that. So two, that means 10 hours a week and 40 hours a month um, that you're spending dealing with that. So you can see that don't underestimate how much time you can save by doing something else.
0: Yeah, I think the ideal ideal situation for something like this is something that is a short drive away. Obviously, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't pick a, an office that's uh, a two-hour commute, because why would you do that? But a short drive or even a short to medium walk away, like I, I've never really seriously considered having an office here, but if I if I were to take out an office uh, near where I live, I've got some thoughts about various office buildings that are nearby, some of which are a 10 or 15-minute walk away, and some yeah. of which are a 5-minute Ten-minute drive away, and that's my range. I wouldn't go further than that because at that point, I'm I'm uh, wasting too much time getting there.
1: But you would still have to. You know, make yourself presentable for an office. I know. And, and, and
0: I, just, I you can't you can't do what I do sometimes, which we mentioned on the previous show, which is uh, start work and then take and then go for a run and then take a shower and then continue working, which is what I did today. You have to be much more regimented as well, which can work for some people. I mean, that I think in my mind that is an advantage and a disadvantage. Is like you you have to do all those things because you're making yourself presentable because you're going out in the world, and for some people that uh, feeds into the routine, but it does you lose that flexibility. Um, which can be an issue especially if you decide not to not to shave every day or whatever in order to save time before we move on to our next category let me take a break and tell you about our sponsor this episode of free agents is brought to you by equal experts now let me explain to you who equal experts is they are a diverse network of experienced software consultants specializing in agile delivery. They work with companies big and small all over the world to create simple solutions addressing big business problems. And to get things right, Equal Experts only recruits experts. It's a different type of consultancy, not just for their clients, but for the people who work with them. The majority of equal experts consultants work with them as independent contractors in a respectful, diverse, ego-free environment where everyone has the autonomy they need to do their jobs well. Each team decides how they want to work together, and this is what makes equal experts a particularly flexible, satisfying place to work. For those used to permanent employment, it can seem like a big leap to go it along and become a free agent, but that's the beauty of working with equal experts. You get the best of both As well as all the benefits that come with offering your skills as a contractor, you're also part of the Equal Experts Network, which grants you some benefits like increased remuneration, increased flexibility, and more variety in your work. Working as an independent contractor... Yes, a free agent in conjunction with Equal Experts also means you'll always be working alongside other senior people. Your skills will continue to be tested and improved. You'll work with the best tools, including open source technologies. There's no playbook, no restrictive process. It's up to you and the rest of your team to work out the best way to solve the client's problem. Equal Experts loves making software, not micromanaging people. With them, you can focus on creating great products and you'll have the satisfaction of working on projects that make a real difference to the client's businesses. They have offices in the United States states, Canada, the UK, Portugal and India and they are looking for experienced software developers, designers and delivery managers to join their team. To find out more go to equalexperts.com/freeagents. Thank you so much to Equal Experts for supporting Free Agents and Relay FM. All right now let's go to the second
1: category and this is kind of a variant of the first one and but I thought it deserved its own category co-working spaces because that's a, such a new thing you know the hipster office.
0: Yeah and it's similar to what you what you said although I, I think the difference between sort of a virtual office and a and a co-working space is a lot of co-working spaces are drop in they're uh, often uh, very open spaces uh, the, so the idea is you know maybe it's just a bunch of tables that people sit at or maybe you get a cubicle um but it's not you know it, it's it's not as as organized as the idea like you said like you're in a you're in an accounting firm and they happen to have a cubicle that they'll rent you or a, or an office that they'll rent you this is more like a a business that's designed to have uh very casual use drop in use you know use the microwave uh, sit at the desk, use the internet. My friend Greg ran a, a co-working space for about a year. And then I think he got frustrated and he, and he walked away from it cause there, there weren't enough people using it. But you know, the idea was sound is like he worked at his house and he wanted a place with other people of similar, you know, other nerdy people who, to, who could, uh, who could show up and, and, uh, and, and work in the same space and have a little bit of that feeling like they're at a workplace. Um, but it's a much more casual thing. I would also throw cafes in here. Um, and I know that those aren't designed as workspaces, but a lot of them really are designed as workspaces. And if you've ever spent time there, uh, not every Starbucks I go into is like this, but a lot of the Starbucks I go into, it is shocking about how many people are sitting there. I've been in Starbucks where people are making like calls and they've got pa- stacks of papers next to their laptop. And I mean, um, Dan Morin, my uh, my partner for uh, doing Six Colors and Clockwise, um, Dan works in a cafe Uh, cafe bakery kind of place almost every day not the whole day but for several hours every day and that's part of his routine but it's also his outside of the house workspace that he goes to
1: yeah and and i want to talk later about escape because i think that sounds to me like that's one of the purposes it's serving for dan i think so but but whether you're paying uh, some co-working space to get access to the space or doing a cafe.
0: <laughs> Just buying some coffee. Either way, yeah, you're paying, well, hopefully.
1: But it, it, it is an advantage. I think it's really different from my virtual office since the virtual office doesn't really want me there unless I'm paying for that, right. that play, play-to-play access. But for co-working, it's kind of designed around, hey, let's put a bunch of people in a room. I think the potential for collaboration and working together could be even stronger in a co-working space because you kind of become all in this together, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the co-working space and the types of people that are there. I, I've heard of some people that go in these co-working spaces and say it's terrible and nobody talks to each other.
0: Yeah, Everybody's got headphones on and they're just there for the Internet and the microwave. And
1: yeah, It's definitely less expensive than like going and getting the space at the law firm or the accounting office. Um, they're usually more flexible in terms of mm-hmm. hours. A lot of those places are open really late and really early.
0: I get the sense too that with these co-working spaces, a lot of it is like literally, I can't work at home. Like I, I have to go somewhere else. And uh, when we were talking about when I was toying with the idea of suggesting that the that the IDG editorial group be virtual and not have a that they not rent more space for us, but instead just let us go back to our offices. One of the things that came up was. Some people don't have a place that they can actually work at home, and they, and co-working spaces I think are a place for a lot of people like that. They're like, I, I I've got to work, but I cannot work in my house. There's no place for it, or there there's something about it that I can't I can't stay there. So they go out to this uh, to the this uh, drop in space essentially.
1: I've got a client that uh, leases an office in a co-working space that they have like specific offices as well as co-working spaces. And I went to to visit her and I was walking through and they were like playing ping pong and they were playing music Uh. and it was like, it was a super party and this is like, you know, Monday at two. And I was just thinking how on earth does anybody get work done here?
0: Yeah. There's no boss there. Right. So that's, that, that could be, I mean that, that in in your list of disadvantages that I'm looking at right now, one of them is party time. Right. And that, that, that that's the truth of it is it's, it's a, it's an office without a boss. Yeah. So be
1: careful. I think you have to pick carefully, but, but like if you, like Jason was saying, if you're one of those people that has to get out of the office and uh, get out of the house and there are some really good reasons why that would be the case. Um, and you don't fit in a in a, a profession that requires the traditional office space. I think co working space would be maybe one of the first places I'd start looking. Do hmm. you want to move to the home as an option?
0: Yeah. So we've listed a lot of the advantages here, and I think we've talked about them previously too. Like it's free. <laughs> I mean, you're already paying for your home. You, you the commute is instantaneous, uh, and you can do the work in your pajamas and not shower. And all of those things that are that are the great advantages. But as we talked about in the routines episode, uh, working at home does have lots of things that are strikes against it. Um, interruptions. We're gonna do down the road. We will do an episode about working at home and managing family stuff, especially kids. I am just coming off of a summer again <laughs> of the of the uh you know having two kids in the house during the summer kind of disrupting my routines
1: oh, you know i've got a uh you, you know when you were visiting we had this family staying with us right now and um my my brother-in-law's working uh, out of state so my sister-in-law has her five-year-old staying with us all summer i thought i was like, out of that my kids are you know older now i've got a now i totally get why people have problems working at home you, see, kids.
0: you see it now
1: I have a whole summer's worth of research. That's going to be a good show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it it is an issue, and I would also say barriers. Right? It doesn't have any barriers. It it literally, depending on where you are. Right? I I have a door, so there's that. But uh, before I converted my garage into a part partially an office, I had no barriers. I was working sitting on the bed or sitting on the couch, and so like the place where people do work was also the place where people live when not doing work. And that can be really difficult to deal with the idea that you don't have a place to go. Um, that, that was actually my kind of deal breaker about, about trying to, um, set up my own office was that I, I couldn't keep, I couldn't envision working all week every day, sitting on my, on my bed or sitting on my couch. And, yeah. and um part of the reason is a complete lack of barriers like it's no there's no separation from the workplace to the home place at all even if you're working at home you can try to create some separation but sometimes it's impossible
1: agreed you know so when do you stop when you're working at home yeah and and also i
0: think sometimes it matters to the outside world but first there's a personal issue of it which is like i have those moments where i go outside during the day in the middle of a weekday and i i i am wondering if my um, all my neighbors think that I'm unemployed, which is like, no, I'm not. I actually work very hard, but uh, I'm doing it from the house. And if you've got clients, um, then they may be saying like, is this a residential? Or can I come over to your office? And it's like, no, no, no. Uh, you can't do that, which is why something like what you've got, where you've got a place where you could have a meeting, if you've got people who want to see you in person, th- you know that might be valuable to do just for something like that. And this is where you get a PO box or a uh, UPS store, you know, mailbox or something like that, where have a, have a business address that isn't your home address, so that if somebody types in the address, they don't see that it's just in a housing development or something, and they, they look at your home price on Zillow or something like that. I mean yeah. that there there are advantages to some as simple as that. Like my P.O. box, it's $100 a year. And it means that I've got an address that I can give people that is not my front door, where they're going to knock on a Sunday morning and find me in my pajamas.
1: And and I'm the same way with the virtual office. One of the big advantages to me, it's a mailing address. You know, people who on the legal side want to mail stuff, see my address, they see that. And, you know, a lot of my, my clients don't care. They're so happy that, you know, because... Because I don't have a lot of the traditional law firm overhead, I don't like, you know, totally screw them over with my fees. And they get it. Uh, and a lot of them I drive and meet with them. But I have some that just don't get it. I have this l- sweet lady. She's in her 80s. She wants to see me in my office. That's whenever she wants hmm. to meet. She doesn't want to talk on the phone. Um, you know, maybe she thinks the commies are listening. I don't know. <laughs> she wants to meet me at my uh, office. And I'm making a You know, I, I reserve time in my conference room and we have a great time. But for a lot of folks that's kind of important. So when you work from home you may have some legitimacy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do work from home, I thought you had a really good point in the outline is you know, there's different kinds of working from home. There is the guy who's sitting on his bed or on his couch where while the kid's playing video games next to him. Yeah, I don't that's recommend
0: rough. I don't recommend it. I mean if you gotta do it, you gotta do it. But it is brutal to have that happen. And I've I've had that where I've been working before we converted the garage. Um, you know, I'd be out on the couch and then my kids would come out and they want to play video games. So then I go to the bed and then my wife would be like, no, I need to, I want to watch this TV show. And that's where the other TV is. I'm like, all right, where do I go? Do I go in the backyard? Do I go to Starbucks? Do I... you know, it's like, I can't find a place to, to work now. I'm moving from place to place and that it's very difficult. Um, But the flip side of that, and something I'm sure we'll talk about more in another show is creating a workspace in your home. Like I said, creating those barriers, whether it's a spare room that you turn into an office, whether it's converting, your garage or even not converting your garage, but putting down a, a rug and, a, and, a, and a, a desk and a lamp and saying, this is my workspace. Leave me alone. Like Glenn Fleischman, um, our, our pal uh, up in Seattle, you know, in his basement amid the heating uh, you know the the heater and stuff like that he has a desk, <laughs> and it's not the most glamorous place in the world to work, but it is his place to work and I think there's some power in that you you there's the proverbial garden shed right where somebody is working um out in the uh, out in out in the shed the, it's like a workspace uh that's been dragged into your backyard or built in your backyard. And it's a little tiny space that you can work in that's separate from the rest of your house. And people do that and find it, um, very successful, because it's their it's their place, and it uh, it insulates them a little bit from the distractions of the house. So I think I think there are very different kinds of working at home, and one of them is much more optimal than the other.
1: And in fact, let us know your war stories on that, because that shows not too far in the distance.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we'll talk about some more about. I mean, I, 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 and some of it is going to be just like a list of office supplies, but there there are lots of uh, lots of things about about making a space where you can. And at, at some point, I want to talk. I want to have one of our guests. Um, I know some. Buddy, who left a big corporation, and now he works in the garden shed behind his house in London, and um, and is doing his own independent thing. And it's uh, you know, it 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 can become like a sanctuary almost. Like this is my this is my place where I do my work, and uh, that there can be some great power in that. So, working at home doesn't necessarily mean that all your people are always underfoot all the time. You can um, carve out a space if you're fortunate enough to have some place to do that.
1: The last piece of this is changing up, you know. Even though you make this decision, you are an independent worker and maybe You don't have to stick with that decision forever or even just once in a while if you need a day somewhere else. That's, Uh one to me, one of the pure joys of this independent experience. And maybe it's just because I had over 20 years of getting dressed up and going into an office. I have some post-traumatic thing going on. (laughs) But just the fact that I have the freedom to say, you know what, I'm going to go to Starbucks for three hours right now and write a contract or outline a podcast. And I can do that. I get a great deal of joy out of that. How about you?
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think that's, I think it's something that we need to remind ourselves and, and it comes back to getting, when does a routine become getting stuck in a rut? How do you identify in yourself that you need to change of pace? Because changing, whether it's as simple as me going in a different room in the house on a day where I don't have children running around and doing a different task in a different location temporarily, like switching to my iPad, st- sitting at the bar in the kitchen and writing something and then coming back into the the office again or whether it's a little more drastic where i i decide i'm gonna go to starbucks i got a starbucks within walking distance of here and i actually don't drink coffee but their hot chocolate is very good i i endorse starbucks hot chocolate and um not, they, they don't pay me, but I just personally endorse it. Uh, I, I would love for them to pay me and then I'd endorse it professionally. But I'll do that. I'll get a hot chocolate and I'll sit uh, in the Starbucks with my headphones in and I'll work on something. And it feels different, and that is uh, that is that's good. Also, sometimes I'll do that um, uh, where I've I've got a, a kid that I have to pick up or shuttle somewhere. Um, I'll build in a little extra time, and rather than like picking them up at four to take them somewhere else, I'll go to a cafe or something near where I'm picking them up at 3 or 2.30 and I'll work for an hour hour and a half in a different location just for a change of pace and then I'll you know then I'll go pick them up and take them where they need to be and come home and, and get back to work if it's still the work day so uh, I find all of that stuff valuable to just just find a way. Um, if you live in a place with good weather and you've got a laptop or something and you want to work at a, at a park at a picnic table, I think you could totally do that. There's so many different options here, um, but I feel like that's an important thing if you do have your nest wherever it is to think about the fact that you don't actually have to stay, all, stay there all the time. You can leave the nest temporarily and it can be really a boost to your productivity to have a, ch- a temporary change of pace, change of uh, scenery.
1: I agree with all that. I, I do think once in a while, just go... Going plan a trip to Starbucks or whatever. They yeah. all the ones near me now have these long work tables in them. Oh yeah, which
0: is a great. They, know, they know that people are using it as a as a co working facility. Um, and even if you don't go to the Starbucks every day, you can go there um, or or whatever you know local cafe you've got doesn't really matter. Um, that 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 can be a really great thing to, yeah, you can make it make a date with yourself to t- say like, I'm going to go on Thursdays for a couple hours in the afternoon and it's going to be a nice thing. I, I don't have to do it, but if you need to schedule it, then schedule it. But but being able to do it, I think um, uh, I, I had this when I was down visiting you uh, a couple of months ago um, when I uh, was just in Memphis. Um, I had that moment of thinking to myself, this is one of the benefits of doing what I do of being an independent is I can, I can do stuff like this. I can go to different places, whether it's different cities or just, you know, having the flexibility to not sit at at the same desk all the time. And if you're going to do this, I think taking advantage of it, not only can it be, an improvement for your state of mind and for your productivity, but I think it 's important also to do it because this is one of the reasons you chose to do this is to act independently, and that means you aren 't changing your desk
1: yeah, and the only last thing I would add to that is um, I talked in a prior episode about how I try to lump together uh, trip days where i 'm going to meet a bunch of people right and quite often there 'll be a couple hour blocks between some of those meetings, and it doesn 't bother me. Uh, Because I can do that. I can go to some remote place. And with technology the way it is today, I can get work done just about anywhere in the world, including a Starbucks a couple hours from my house.
0: All right. Well, this has been episode four of Free Agents. Uh, Thanks to everybody out there for listening. If you want to read the uh, show notes or send us email feedback or anything like that, go to relay.fm slash free agents slash four for this episode. And we will be back in two weeks. With more, until then, I have been Jason Snell, uh, and he has been David Sparks. Goodbye. See you next time.